With an ever-growing number of marijuana shops in the province, does Ontario have too many? Let's welcome in our expert on marijuana. Here's Mitchell Osak, who joins us now on Global News Radio. Mitchell, good afternoon. Hi. How are you doing, Jeff? Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, good to talk with you as always. Okay, uh, we've just hit a, a milestone here in the province, uh, 1,000 uh, pot shops, and, and let's just go with the headline. I mean, is that too many? No, not even close. And why is that? Well, first of all, it's 1,000 retail store authorizations that are issued by the AGCO. That doesn't mean actually that there are 1,000 stores opened. I'm not exactly sure how many. It's probably maybe 800, 900 that have actually opened the door. But based on our, our population, based on where those stores are located, we still have room for another 50 to 75% more stores based on per capita consumption and population than what we have right now. I'll also point out one other really fundamental point is that roughly 2 million Ontarians in places like Mississauga and Markham do not allow legal cannabis storefronts to open. So there are 2 million Canadians in communities with no stores so whatsoever. So the issue becomes where are the where are those stores and how many can they potentially um, absorb? All right. Well, you bring up a number of issues, and let's start with uh, whether or not all of these uh, one thousand or maybe just under that that are open now. Again, one thousand licenses have been uh, issued, uh, but are all of them uh, profitable uh, right now? Are they meeting uh, demand? Well, I can't speak to all of them. We have seen a number go out of business. Um, which is not atypical because all kinds of stores and all kinds of industries go out of business. So, you know, that's all part of Schumpeter's creative destruction. That will happen. And that could be for a lot of reasons, one of which could be store saturation, but also it also could be underperformance of the management team. So there are definitely um, areas of Toronto, without a doubt, Queen Street East, Queen Street West, the Junction, where I live at Avenue and Lawrence, that have too many stores, and they won't all survive. But there are many areas without a lot of stores. And again, that's uh, another uh, problem here is uh, distribution. So is there uh, too many concentrated in urban, urban centers, sorry, like uh, Toronto, and not enough uh, that are spread out right across the uh, province? Yes, absolutely. Of the 1,000 store authorizations that have been issued, approximately 250 of those are in Toronto. What we know is that Toronto in the greater Toronto area is more than a quarter of the population of Ontario. So in many ways, parts of Toronto, plus the GTA that I just mentioned, like Mississauga, are understored. The reality is I think a lot of stores in, in um, underpopulated areas like Northern Ontario and other communities will lose stores because they won't have um, the population to, to support those stores. And yet they're also still battling the illicit market, which hasn't gone away. All right. I want to talk about that in just a second, but I want to ask you about this uh, tweet that I uh, read that's getting some uh, traction online asking, are cannabis stores, are they the new Starbucks? Because <laughs> I think it feels that way to some people who are now surrounded by uh, cannabis stores, maybe like four or five uh, within a, a square block. Yeah, I'm afraid that's the case. I'm not sure I would say the new Starbucks because I've noticed a lot of Starbucks being closed. It's more like the new Tim Hortons, um, as your segment uh, alluded to a couple of minutes ago. Um, cannabis stores cluster for a variety of reasons. One has to do with the pandemic. 
because you've seen a lot of retail stores go under and landlords don't want to lose money and leave storefronts open. So they've rented the cannabis stores. In other cases, there are restrictions of where you can put these stores. You can't put them close to schools. So there are only so many areas of Toronto that fit the bill. And that's why you tend to see a lot of cannabis stores clustering there. The reality is they're all going after the same consumer and they likely all won't survive. All right. When they're all going after the same consumer, do we know what is demand currently when it comes to a cannabis here in the province of Ontario? And do we have enough stores? I mean, you just suggested we could see another 50 or 75 percent increase in stores and then we'd actually be meeting demand. Yes, um, right now. And, and, and the numbers um, are still very vague and uh, questionable right now. But right now you roughly have. of the total cannabis consumption in Ontario going through legal channels. And legal channels are legal retail stores, as well as buying from the OCS online. That 50% number has been steadily increasing. And we expect um, probably in a few years that 80% of all the cannabis in Ontario will be sold through legal channels. The reality is, is that we still have many communities, as, as I mentioned before, who are quite large that have not allowed a legal cannabis store to open up. So currently those consumers in places like Markham and Vaughan and Oakville are buying through illegal means, most likely, um, or they're driving into Toronto, less likely. So we still expect to see a substantial amount of stores opening when those communities decide to make it legal. Okay, access to a store may be a problem when it comes to uh, legal pot sales, but uh, we've also heard, and you and I have discussed this uh, time and time again, also holding up illegal sales is the fact that there was a huge black market previous to the legalization of uh, marijuana, and there have uh, been some questions and some concerns when it comes to the quality of uh, marijuana that the uh, government is uh, offering through these uh, legal uh, pot stores. Has that all been kind of sorted out now, Mitchell? No, not at all. And and this is something that you were bang on in our previous conversations. Without a doubt, uh, much of the illicit cannabis that is being sold is of higher quality of a lot of the existing legal cannabis that is sold through government channels and through legal means, without a doubt. But the good news is the amount of cannabis that is being sold in Ontario and across Canada that's considered craft quality. So small batch production, in some cases organic, higher quality, that percentage has been growing up substantially. And that segment, that craft segment, is driving a lot of the increased consumption through legal channels. So what we're seeing is greater product variety, greater quality, and steadily falling prices through the legal um, economy. All three of those things are combining to put a major dent in the black market, but they still have a ways to go. All right. As we hit 1,000 pot shops across the province and growing, are we getting better? Is the government getting better when it comes to the distribution of uh, licensing as well? Because, again, this is something else we've touched on uh, previously, is that they were handing out licenses to people who were just not ready to uh, open up. We're not ready to uh, we're not ready to open up a uh, business. And those licenses uh, were sitting there unfulfilled. Uh, Excellent question. Um, I would say yes and no to that answer. The government through the AGCO has gotten much better at uh, processing applications and authorizing retail stores. Without a doubt, that process is becoming much more streamlined and efficient. That's positive. What the AGCO doesn't necessarily do is judge 
the quality of the operators, for example, that are making these applications. So I think what we're seeing is a typical potpourri of any business. You have good operators coming in and you have bad operators coming in. And the and the government is not necessarily passing judgment on, on the quality of those or the quality of their business plans. Having said that, the level of uh, retail store concentration, so i.e. the number of chains, their penetration of the market is going up. And those chains bring a higher level of professionalism, efficiency, and better product mixes. So insofar as the government has allowed that, we are rapidly seeing the professionalization of cannabis retail, which we didn't see before, but that has little to do with the government and more to do with the industry dynamics. I was going to ask you about that, and I like that turn of phrase you just used, the professionalization of a cannabis uh, business or distribution, because I was going to ask you, is the government doing enough to uh, help uh, these owners, these people that have been uh, granted licenses? Because we were just comparing this to Tim Hortons a a moment ago, and Tim Hortons, of course, uh, leases to franchisees, and you go into a Tim Hortons shop or store, and it's relatively the same experience, no matter what Tim Hortons you go into. Now, having said that, there are some Tim Hortons locations that are wildly profitable, some not so much. You go into a liquor store in LCBO in this province, it's pretty much the same experience every time. And has the government done enough uh, when it comes to pot shops? Um, let's, let's break the government into federal and provincial. So right off the bat, the provincial does absolutely nothing about guiding the industry uh, towards things like product mix or the consumer experience. They're not about that. They're about safety and compliance and all those kinds of things and making sure these stores are not located near schools or daycare centers. The federal government has more jurisdiction over things like that. And the federal government would have jurisdiction over the, the type of marketing and consumer education you could provide, as well as the tax levels on cannabis and so on and so forth. So to answer your question through a federal government lens, they have not, the federal government, Health Canada, have not loosened up the rules around what you could say and how do you market and brand cannabis. So many, uh, Ontario cannabis retailers, as well as retailers across the country, are still coping with, you know, working within the framework of pretty restrictive Health Canada regulations. The one thing in Ontario where the government continues to hamstring retailers, and this is important, is that the OCS or the Ontario Cannabis Store still has a monopoly on online sales. So an individual retailer or a um, Ontario cannabis chain cannot Uh, sell cannabis through an e-commerce channel. That monopoly sits with the Ontario Cannabis Store, and they're they're able to compete directly for consumer business, putting the retailer at a major disadvantage. All right. Goes without saying, we will continue to watch this with interest. Mitchell, always appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks so much, and have a great weekend. Thank you. Be well, Jeff. You as well. Mitchell Osak is the CEO of Quanta Consulting, and we're back after a break here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.